of God which can save us all in the gospel the righteousness of God's revealed and who lives by faith the right Welcome to Theology Matters where we discuss theological issues through a biblical worldview the gospel preached in clarity for the sake of the elect and for the glory of God Here's your host Austin Ryan Griffin Welcome to Theology Matters with your host Austin Ryan Griffin your servant uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, my brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, whether it's morning or night or if you know me or you don't, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, this is a podcast where we deal with theological issues in such a way that's edificial for the common believer. Uh, in, in such a way that builds his faith up. We want to deal with controversial issues, controversial topics, various topics through a biblical worldview, and just a daily dose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, um, and so we just want to deal with some issues. I want to speak with you guys, speak in your ear with the things. I hope you're having a blessed morning or night or day or wherever time you're in. And I just want to go ahead and jump into some topics. So I just want to let you in on what's going on in my studies. And so I just want to deal with you. And, and so there's some issues that, um, that I do want to bring up good issues, good topics to talk about, um, and it, and it just seems to me that in this spirit of age, it seems to me that in this time uh, that we're at in, in, in church circles, um, I, I would argue that predominantly in charismatic circles and some other circles, but just from my experience, that there seems to be like a theological skepticism. Skepticism. It's, it, we're being skeptical. It's a skepticism where we're, we're, we're skeptical um, you know, we're skeptics of theology. It seems that is that is the popular um, uh, temperature in the culture in, in churches, at least from my experience, that we want to be uh, skeptical when it comes to theology as a whole. And in, and in that, uh, I find that to be extremely problematic. I find that to be an issue. Um, it's very, uh, I think it's very dangerous to have that attitude towards theology. I think it's very um, ignorant. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's just not edificial to your, your daily walk as, as a believer. And so uh, I just kind of want to deal with this, this reality that most people are um, just skeptical or maybe not skeptical, just ignorant or just don't know. Um, but I, but I'll, I do see that reality. And, and, and it's simple. You know, uh, we get caught up in the phrase uh, of what uh, we think something is, we, you know, we get intimidated by these big words, and we got to understand big words are made so we can summarize a lot of things in one word. It helps us with our memory. Um, it helps us communicate accurately. Uh, words are not a bad thing; they are a good thing. God made words. And so um, just because you don't understand a big word or its exact term and definition doesn't mean you're less of a person who's made in the image of God, not at all. Um, but I think it's important that we learn words because, you know, after all, God created the universe with words. And so that word theology, theology, theos is the Greek word for God. Um, ology means the study of. And theology, the, you know, theology just simply means the study of God. That, that, that's, it's as simple as that. The study of God. That's the word theology. And, and honestly, quite honestly, um, if you study God's word, you are a studier of God's word. And it is safe to say and definitionally accurate to say you are a theologian in some sense. Now, um, I do want to be, um, 
I would say too as well, there is in some sense uh, the academic side, the side where uh, you would wrestle with issues that are not common um, to your everyday walk as the, as the layman, common believer. There is a side, an academic side of theology, in which most people, um, they're just not equipped or that's not their area in the body of Christ to study with. And we do have uh, people with gifts of understanding theology, teaching theology. But nonetheless, um, if you are a child of God, you study about your God. You study about the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to learn about him. And if you study God's word, you are most definitely in some sense a theologian. You are. You're a theologian. And in some circles, I've even heard it being mocked. Uh, um, I've even heard it kind of be used in like, you know, this funny, piffy way or in some sense an arrogant or ignorant way. And they say, well, um, you know, to kind of down um, the reality of theology or out of some people's insecurities, they say, well, well, I'm not a theologian. I am not a, a theologian. And uh, as if theology was only left to just high intellectuals, just people who are super smart, they can take that area and realm of theology. But me, I just, you know, I, I'm not a theologian. And, 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 and it's crazy because what they just said is, I'm not a studier of God. And I just find that very fascinating. I think we should understand and come to terms to the reality of how important theology is. That's why the name of my podcast is Theology Matters. It does matter. Uh, it, it will affect every part of your life. Um, and I'm not talking about some high lofty intellectual ascent of doctrine. No, I'm talking about the reality of who God is in your life and what he did on Calvary for you. Um, it's very important. So I've kind of heard it mocked, you know, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I am not a theologian. I am not a theologian. Now, now I want to be clear. There are a lot of intellectuals in the realm of theology that are smarter than me, way smarter than most. And um, they are honestly skeptical and honestly unbelievers themselves, yet they study theology. And that is very discouraging um, to a regular Christian when they see these very smart individuals who work in seminaries and have lectures and who can say and understand great concepts, yet they themselves do not actually believe what they're teaching. That is very discouraging. And I, I totally understand it does, it does produce a, a type of fear now, um, but I, I want to be very clear. Christ Jesus is Lord overall. I mean, amen, right? Christ Jesus is Lord overall, especially, especially in the realm of theology. Jesus Christ, uh, no one has ever seen God, but Christ, uh, Christ came to explain or to exegete who the Father is. And so um, Christ's character um, is the incarnated son. He came to reveal or to exegete or to show or read out who God is. Um, and that's why that's very important because we as theologians, we want to know who God is. And if Jesus Christ is on the throne reigning and putting all his enemies under his footstool, why do we as Christians have a fearful, skeptic, uh, a skeptical fear of theology? 
your Christ reigns in your salvation, in your life, in your in in every area of your life. He also reigns in the realm of theology. I think it's very important to um, consider that. Um, I think every believer should study uh, theology. I think it's very important and edificial for the believer. Um, and Christ is uh, Lord over all, and in and 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 in some senses, there is a you know a fear amongst believers or confusion about theology, and and that is, and or a fear of studying it, fearing that they will get lost or more confused, that it won't be edificial, um, that you know somehow that their faith will, um, you know, dissipate or get discouraged, and you know I have to ask you the question: Who started the good work? Who, who uh, began the good work? Who gave you faith? I think the same person who gave you faith is the same person that will sustain the faith to the end. So it is very heartbreaking. It's, it's very uh, heartbreaking that people, um, especially Christians, uh, have this fear of theology that I think is, uh, it doesn't come from a biblical uh, fear. Um, and in some instances, I've actually seen there is a willing ignorance about these things. There's a willing ignorance about theology, and you may have heard something like, you know, some people might say, you know, like, you know, um, I'll leave all that theology up to you. I just read the Bible. (laughs) And, And I find that very interesting because there's like a willing ignorance there. A willing ignorance uh, to these things as if that reality makes you more holy. As if you being afraid or not wanting to or seeing the value of something, and especially in theology, as if you abstaining from engaging in theology actually makes you more holy or more spiritual. Um, I, I, I remind you that the devil is um, a deceiver, and the devil wants you to think uh, your mind and um, understanding theolo- theological things is actually anti-spiritual. And I think that's a trick of the devil because he doesn't want you to grow in the fullness of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to grow in maturity. And so some people have this willing ignorance as if that makes them more, as if there's a sense of piety or holiness or spirituality in this. But I'm going to tell you something. Ignorance does not equal spirituality. That is a lie from the devil. And and it could just be further from the truth. Um, Me being ignorant about my wife does not make me a better husband does not make me a better husband it it, it it only makes me a um it only makes me a worse husband but before i go on on a rant uh i i think i want to deal with the reality of theological skepticism and i want you to i want to encourage my brothers and sisters in christ new or older to you are a student from the get-go and you will be a student to the day you die and i think i think uh, diving into god's word understanding him in a honorable and proper way will be a world of uh, enlightenment and illumination by the power of the Holy Spirit, it, it will help you grow. In fact, um, it is actually a command in the Bible in First Peter to grow in the grace and, uh, look at this word, knowledge. Hmm, that's interesting. Knowledge. Uh, what type of knowledge are we referring to? Uh, what are we dealing with here? Um, th- what's that reality um, of knowledge? Um I do want to give a quote in R.C. Sproul's book uh, uh, that brother has recently passed away. Uh, Y'all prayers to his family. He was a great 
man of God. Left, he left behind a great body of work, which is awesome. Go get his books. They're amazing. But I want to just give a quote. Uh, and he says this, But to reject all theology and theological education in order to avoid bad theology is to commit spiritual suicide. It is to exercise another kind of treason. To reject theology is to reject the knowledge of God. This is not an option for the Christian. That's awesome. It's not an option for the Christian. I think it's very dangerous, that mindset. I think it doesn't come from God. I think it comes from fear. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. And we know our faith does not rest in the wisdom of man, but it rests in the one who gave us faith. Faith is a gift. It's granted by God's grace. Um, and I think it's very important. In fact, uh, I want to just read you uh, some scripture real quick. Uh, I think it'd be very important. It's Proverbs chapter 2. And look what it says, because we, we all agree we're children of God. And what's a command to the children of God? And, and here's what it says. My son, if you are, if you will, excuse me, receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom Incline your heart to understanding, for if you cry out for discernment, lift your voice for understanding, and if you if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will discern, look at this, the fear of the Lord, and discover the knowledge of God. That's very, very beautiful, the knowledge of God. That's the point of theology. It starts in the heart with we fear God and we love God. And it, it, it infiltrates, illuminates our minds and transforms our hearts and leaks and begins to extend to our feet, our hands, our mouth, conforming us to the power of the Holy Spirit into the image of Christ. Verse 5, uh, that is very important. Then you will discern what the fear of the Lord is and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and his mouth comes knowledge and understanding he stores up sound wisdom for the upright he is a shield to those who walk in integrity look at that in verse 8 guarding the paths of justice and he preserves the way of his godly ones i i I will challenge you i believe that in this chapter that the preservation of the godly ones those who are born again children of god he gives us a bit of wisdom and that is to seek that is to search that is to treasure in our hearts seek as gold and silver the fear of the lord and the knowledge of god there 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 it is ladies and gentlemen there it is brothers and sisters we shall seek for the knowledge of god know your bible uh, know what theology teaches you must know it equip yourselves with the word of truth and I think that is very important. That is the knowledge of God. And so there's just a couple issues I did want to deal with theological skeptics. Uh, you know, I want, I want to deal with, you know, the, those who are skeptical uh, of theology. And uh, just just that that's an issue I did want to bring up. Another issue that I think would be interesting to bring up um, would be uh Scripture as God's final authority for the church and all the believers. Uh, I think that's a very uh, ish, a good issue to bring up. I think it's controversial in its own. Um, I think it's very necessary that Scripture is the final, infallible soul and rule of faith 
for the life and worship of a believer, any believer. I think scripture is important. Uh, I do come from a background where we heavily uh, preached and teached on the, uh, uh, authority um, uh, to a fault, I, I believe. But uh, I also believe that in me learning about authority, it helped me learn about what is the final authority. And the final authority is not popes. It's not a pastor. It's not an elder. It's not a church. Um, the final authority is and always will be the ultimate authority is the word of God. So I, I, I want to deal up that issue. And I had quite a number of brothers and sisters uh, write me on Instagram, uh, text me and get, on, get a hold of me on social media um, about uh, election and predestination. So maybe I can deal with some of that on the very end of this um, I think that would be uh, quite important to deal with those issues, um, uh, especially that issue of. But um, another issue, another thing that I would like to bring up is the uh, it's an error. And I want to warn you as as a brother, a brother in Christ, your servant, um, uh, that think there's an error in the body of Christ. And uh, a lot of this is inspired through the work of R.C. Sproul. Uh, I am. Uh, not necessarily plagiarizing, but uh, nothing's new under the sun and borrow what you can. Um, uh, I, I think there's a childlike faith, and I think a lot of people abuse that reality. Well, Jesus, I've even heard people defend against theology and saying, well, you know, like what Mark ten fifteen says, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as as a little child will by no means enter it. And 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 what they what most people interpret that to mean is that. You know, it is an analogy. An analogy is is obvious. Like we have to be like little children. We have to trust our our God, our Father, and every one of His words with uh, absolute trust, like a little child dependent, like an infant dependent and trusting on the care of his parents. And you know, when a curious child runs out into the street and there's a car. Um, and our parent says, stop and yells at us. We don't begin to turn and ask him, well, why? No, we just, we trust what our parent says. And, and in the same childlike trust and way, we are to trust God. It's the character of being radically dependent and trusting God's word and who he is and trusting who he is, but in some circles, in some instances, the childlike faith uh, began to grow in 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 some other concept um, that literally means stay ignorant, stay childlike. Uh, and some people take you know staying childlike is staying ignorant like a child, or or, or uh, to be intellectually dumb or. Uh, kind of like oblivious, like a willing uh, ignorance. Uh, and some people interpret that scripture like that. And um, I have to ask you, you, you don't interpret scripture through your own uh, ideas or your own understanding. You interpret scripture with scripture. And some, and I, and I do want to take a direct quote from Marcy Sproul. Um, and he says this, there is a vast difference between however, how, there's a vast difference, however, uh, between childlike faith and childish faith boom mic drop so 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 
I think it's important that we we don't we want a childlike faith. We want to be able to trust in God and the things we don't understand and things we don't see because we're trusting in a father's providence and his sovereignty and his good grace for those who are in Christ and in the fold uh, of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. But that does not mean that we should be childish or exercise some form of childish faith. That's those are those are those are often confused. You know, a, a, a childish faith, you know, mocks at learning the things of God in depth, and 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 it refuses to meet. Uh, you know, it refuses to eat the meat of the gospel while clinging to milk. Um, you know, it's in other words, it's a willingness to be stuck on the simulac. As if that makes you more spiritual. And I've actually heard pastors preach this. I've heard pastors, pastors, shepherds of the flock preach this. And this is, um, it's dangerous. And um, I think, um, you know, we shouldn't actually be on the milk. I think we should uh, actually grow in the grace and knowledge. Or uh, the Bible also says grow in all respects your salvation um uh, uh, just a quick verse from hebrews 5 12 uh through 14 hebrews 5 12 to 14 it, and, it, and it says for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of god and you have become in need of milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So to those who, um, just, just, a, just a friendly exhortation. It's time to grow in the fullness of Jesus Christ. I don't want to say grow up and stop being a baby because that sounds a little um, uh, arrogant and harsh. But I will say, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of edification in, in Christ Jesus for you. And he is abundant in that. And I think you should explore it. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's very important. Very important. Uh, the New Testament calls us to grow into maturity. Um, and, and Apostle Paul even said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I was guilty of that myself. Um, I, um, you know, had this will, and this isn't everybody, this is my fault, but I had this willing ignorance to, I was afraid of theology. I thought it was, you know, less spiritual or something like that. And that may just be my own isolated experience. Um, But at the same time, I have experienced that uh, in other people, um, and so it's very, very important, very, very important. We must uh, also make a, th- a, f- a further distinction between the way in which uh, we are to remain as babes and the way that we are to grow up as adulthood, um, and, and Paul says this awesome thing in 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty. He says, brethren, look what he says, look at it, catch this, brethren, do not be children in understanding. Mm. Do not be children in understanding. Do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in your understanding be mature. That is 1 Corinthians 14, 20. So in our understanding, it's directly in 
Proverbs chapter 2, we are to seek for and grow in. It's a command of God to his children. We are not to be children in our understanding. And all theology is is to understand God in such a way where he is glorified above every idol in our life, above everything. And it begins to, the light of that glory begins to take a transformation. It begins by the power of the Holy Spirit to start a conformity to the body of Christ and to who uh, we are called to be, and that is representatives of Christ for his glory. And so uh, this this childlike error, uh, I think, is also um, there in some areas in Christ. And so I just want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, we are to grow, grow, seek God, seek the knowledge, uh, get, get, a, get a hold of a program, get a hold of an online a course or a, a theology packet or a book, uh, live in your Bible, live in it, read it, understand it, do not, um, do not get comfortable with not knowing, and beware also, as a brother, I want to also warn you that there is a side of theology that begins to just take on knowledge and puffs up your head. It really does. It begins to make you ignorant and arrogant. Um, and beware of this, that. Beware of that, brothers and sisters. That theology is not meant to make you ignorant, or I'm sorry, arrogant. It's not meant to be puffed up. James three says um, that is not a, a wisdom that is from above. A wisdom that is from above is peaceable. Um, it, it has a fruit that yields in righteousness. It does not. It is not full of selfish ambition and evil and natural, or or, 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 or anything that be, you know. Knowledge is puffed up. But what the goal of studying theology and understanding theology is to begin to transform your heart and mind, renew your mind, um, and begin to swell the heart. David had a very uh, awesome view in what he thought and his view of the Word of God. And he said, you know, the, the Word of God swells his heart. He hides the Word of God in his heart. And he says it begins to swell and enlarge his heart. And so that's what theology does. Uh, true theologians are through life and through li the life struggles and, and things that we endure as Christians, uh, the hardships, uh, theology does not make you puffed up and arrogant, but theology honestly humbles you. A, a, someone who truly understands theology is someone who should love much, someone who should forgive much, someone who should take all those exhortations from the Word of God, all those descriptions, uh, those prescriptions in the Word of God, uh, and we are to love much. He who has been given much, um, you know, too much is required. So I uh, just want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, let's study theology with a humble heart and let's let it transform our minds and let's combat darkness. Let's win our brothers and let's do it in such a way where we have an answer to give for those who ask for the hope that is inside of us. And that is First Peter. Uh, but before we do that, let's sanctify Christ in our hearts and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so uh, speaking on speaking on the view uh, of God's word, I think it is important to address uh, what our view of the word of God is. Uh, I think it's very, very important because 
you know, again, like I said, I've come from a background of what I think, uh, you know, and rightly so in, in most instances that I come from a background where uh, authority was heavily uh, taught on. Uh, it was greatly emphasized, uh, I think, to a I think to a fault, to be honest. Uh, in a lot of areas and I and I also think in a lot of areas it was very beneficial to me uh, so I do want to remain fair and balanced um, authority and let me start by saying this authority a true biblical authority uh, is not derived from a man from a church denomination from a council uh, from a pope uh, in, that is not the final ultimate authority or what someone says, um, man is not the, a pastor, an elder is not the final authority. The only authority that they have or exercise in is given by the word of God. And a lot of times that position that's been given to elders and pastors has been abused to the point where they overstepped their authority. And, And how you might ask, well, I would say, uh, the most fundamental way is when they step outside the authority of Scripture. Uh, when they step outside the authority of Scripture, um, and, and I think that's the most. I think I think that's dangerous. I think that's very important. I think as somebody who's serving in the body of Christ, you must take heed. Um, you must be very. You must take heed because we are to function under the authority of Scripture. See, it's it's one thing to say you're in authority, but not under authority. And I think. If you say that you're in authority or you function in a form of authority in the body of Christ, that is also to say that you're under the authority of what Scripture teaches. That's, that, 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 that goes, it should go without saying, but, I, 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 and I could be wrong, um, you could uh, hit me up on my Instagram, uh, my Facebook, and, and, and I do want to encourage all my brothers and sisters in Christ that um, those who do have my number, those who uh, are connected with me on Ryan Griffin 777, uh, at, at my IG page, my Facebook, Austin Ryan, uh, hey, uh, give me some feedback. Tell me what you think. Uh, give me some ammo. Give me some feedback. Uh, let me know how it edified you or if it didn't. I, w- I do want your feedback. My brothers and sisters in Christ, your criticism is very important to me. And I do not come from this cultural background where I believe criticism is bad. I think criticism is good. I think there's a biblical criticism that we should all exercise in. And so give me some uh some loving and criticism tell me what you think in those comments drop message me email me whatever text me uh but i i think theology uh i think all theology rests on the authority of scripture i think scripture uh in its authority is is very important vastly important and so um, I do want to quote from the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy. Uh, this is a statement. Um, this is Chicago, I'm going to say it again, the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy. See, this is a statement that was produced in the internet. Uh, I'll just give you the year. This is a statement that was produced in 1978. Uh, and I just want to read you something from it. It's an it's it's, it's awesome statement. Uh, you should download the PDF. I have the PDF. You should read it. Uh, good stuff, like really good stuff. Huge nuggets. If you want, uh, just a, it's free. Uh, 
Go online, get it, download it. It's a PDF, the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy. It is awesome. But I'm going to read a statement, and I'm going to read this statement. It says, we affirm that the Holy Scriptures are to be received as the authoritative word of God, the authoritative, the final rule of the body of Christ. Um, and um, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, I used to teach in class and I used to teach a di. I used to put like kind of like a diagram. I don't really, I didn't really know I'm horrible at drawing, but I used to draw on, draw on the board and I used to, you know, start from the top to the bottom. And most people in some circles think it's, you know, the church or the elders in some instances. But the final authority is God. He's the head and the body of Christ. We know that. He rules over the body of Christ. But how do we clearly understand what God teaches? How do we come to terms? And what is a product? If something is from God which is, in other words, infallibly or without error or without, you know, without any mistakes in it. If something is a product of God and is from God, it carries with it an intrinsic authoritative property to it. In other words, the Bible is the inspired, 2 Timothy 3.16, Theos Neustos, God breathed, not inspired in the sense that this Hillsong song inspired me to go running two miles this morning um but inspired meaning directly breathed from god so that carries about it a sense of authority that no pastor no church no uh man has it's it's very important that we understand that um and it's not trying to exalt the bible as a sense of idolatry and i've heard that uh but it is properly understanding what is the nature of of God giving scripture, of God given scripture. Scripture is authoritative. It comes, it's breathed from God. It's profitable for training and righteousness, rebuke, reproof, correction. Um, and and, and de- depending on your view of that, I, I think it affects you. I think it affects, you know, uh, some people think, you know, their interpretation is just as important or the church denomination is just as important or equally authoritative as the word of God. I've even heard it taught that pastors were just as authoritative as the word of God. And I just think that is uh, heresy. I think that's dangerous. But um, also with that affirmation, there is a denial right under that. And it says, we deny that scripture receives their authority from the church, from tradition, or any other human source. That is true. Excuse me. That is true. Um, very important. And I, and, and I want to pose a question, my brothers and sisters, uh, whoever may be listening. I want to pose this question. And I don't know uh, if, you know, and I'll just ask the question, do you or does your church or denomination or your teaching pastors or elders have a proper view of scripture? Let me, you need to ask these questions. Does your church that you attend operate under a proper view of scripture? Do they view the scripture as they should? Do they? Is scripture the final authority in your ministry? Or is it 
traditional interpretations of that scripture. Is scripture the final authority in your method and how you exercise your ministry and what you do in different methods of your ministry? Is scripture the final authority? Is it sufficient enough to critique your ways of methods and how you do ministry? Uh, I believe it is. I think it should be. Is it the final authority? Um, we, we should ask ourselves these questions again. It's God breathed. And I think when we do not operate, we, we lose the profit of what God's word provides. It, it profits us so much, brothers and sisters. It profits us so much to know and understand and operate under the authority of God's scripture. In fact, the Bible literally says all scripture, all scripture is theos neustos, God breathed or inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. You know, when you see unrighteousness in the body of Christ, when you see no correction, when you see no reproof, And you see unbiblical teaching, you have to ask yourself the question, hmm, I wonder if this person who's teaching me, I wonder if this church agrees that the scripture is the final authority and not my church tradition, not my uh, interpretations of the Bible that make me feel good and comfortable that is the final authority, but scripture alone Sola Scriptura, as the refer, as the reformist would say, I, I believe in Sola Scriptura. I believe in Tota Scriptura. That means the total of Scripture, what it teaches, and Scripture alone, nothing else. Scripture alone is the final rule of authority. But when, when is the last time you've ever heard a discussion? Now, let me ask you, let me just challenge you this. Because I don't, I don't know whenever, when's the last time you've heard a sermon on Scripture as the final authority? If you've never have, you have to ask yourself, why? Why have you not? You need to know this stuff. This is very beneficial for you. Uh, but when is the last, I'm going to pose a question. When is the last time you've ever heard a discussion on Jesus' view of Scripture? What did Jesus teach on Scripture? What was the incarnated, the, 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 incarn, the incarnate Son of God, that means the God become flesh, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, when is the last time it, you've heard on what Jesus' view of Scripture is? While Jesus was here in his fleshly body, doing his earthly ministry, fulfilling all righteousness for us in his life before he went to Calvary, for our penal substitution, when or what did he say in regards to what he believes his view of Scripture is? It's very important. I don't know if anybody's imposed that question to you, but I I do. I I want to. What did Jesus teach? What is Scripture? What is Scripture? What did Jesus teach Scripture is? There's an awesome Scripture in Matthew 22, 31. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to just burden you with a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, normally, I would give you a more broader context because I think uh, I think that is I think context is important. I think 
I think if you teach the Bible outside of context, you're not teaching the Bible. <laughs> um, I think, you know, your, your three rules for sound biblical hermeneutics and sound Bible teaching is three things, and that is context, 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 as, as Chris Roseborough would say. <laughs> I think it's true. I think it's spot on. Uh, and I think, um, I think at this point in time, Jesus was answering the Sadducees and, and, and Pharisees. And, 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 and here's, what, uh, here's a, a, an error that I want to correct. I think, it's, I think it's very important. Most people view that the Pharisees were these theological guys who, because of their theology, they miss God. That is such... Uh, 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 erroneous that's such a false interpretation Pro, uh, you know contrary to popular belief um, they actually had a wrong theology they actually uh, were rebuked for not knowing theology not because they knew too much theology a lot of people think they got a lot of head knowledge and they just no, that's actually not true if you read your Bible, if you've been told that, you've been told something false. Um, in, in, in Jesus' response, uh, they were, you know, trying to trip him up when it comes to the resurrection. And they asked him about, you know, marrying, uh, you know, you know, if, you know, asking the teacher, if a man dies, having no children, the mother is to, you know, a brother as a next of kin shall marry his wife and raise him up as a brother. And that was meant as a rule in the Old Testament to carry on someone's name and lineage for, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, and in the Pharisees, what they would often try to do is trip Jesus up under the law because they didn't understand the law. They didn't understand the Bible because the Bible was standing in front of them and they didn't understand it. And I find it interesting that people use the Bible against the Bible who don't understand the Bible. I think that's very interesting. I think the most pharisaical thing to do is reject biblical knowledge and think you're right for doing so. Um, anyways, I, before I go on a rant, uh, there's an awesome scripture uh, in Matthew 22, uh, and it says this. It says, uh, Matthew 22, and he says, hearing this, uh, well, I think it's Matthew twenty two thirty one. Sorry about that. Uh, and he, Jesus said this, but in regarding, here's the, look at his response to them who try to trip him up. But in regarding the resurrection of the dead, you have, listen to what he said. Have you not read what is spoken to you by God? And then he goes on to read the Old Testament in verse 32. I am. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. This is so interesting. L let me just slow down. Let me just point this out. Listen to what he says. Instead of saying, instead of saying, have you not heard what is spoken? Or instead of saying, have you not read what is written? Notice he kind of mixes phrases. You know, normally someone says, have you not read what is written? Or have you not heard what is spoken? But Jesus did not use those. And I think, for, I think the Holy Spirit has preserved this scripture exactly like this through time to teach us something. The Holy Spirit inspired this. It's trying to, Holy Spirit is trying to teach us something here. And look what he says. Have you not read what is spoken to you by God? 
<laughs> I find that very fascinating because Jesus is appealing to the Old Testament, which is already written down as not just the written word, but as the spoken word, mm. the spoken word. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, that when you read the Bible, you need to think and understand that when you read the Bible, you are reading literally the same word that spoke the universe into existence. I think that's very, 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 very important for you to understand. Look at that. Have you read? Have you not read what is spoken? And then he goes on to quote something that is written. Uh, I also heard as well as Jesus as um, dealing with um, uh, an issue on marriage. Uh, and he says, have you not heard what God has said? And he goes on to quote in Genesis. He didn't. And, and he says he appeals to Genesis, which is just given by the narrator. He appeals to Genesis as being spoken. So, so, so this is this is awesome. He he bases his argument in the tense of the verb, which tells me that Jesus, God, that Jesus, Jesus, or God in the flesh, has a high view of Scripture and its transmission. In other words, <laughs> in other words, he viewed the bible as the spoken word of god as the spoken word of god and i want you to catch that because that is so so fascinating because he's equating what is written as scripture as the spoken word of god i think that's very 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 uh crucial because th th that's an interesting uh, window into how Jesus understands the Bible. Uh, the approach of Jesus in, in a particular conflict and another conflict is rooted upon the fundamental conviction that, and here's what he literally says in John 10, 35, Scripture cannot be broken, cannot be broken. He, and he, he confronts these, these Pharisees and, and later on in the verse, before that verse, and I love what he tells the Pharisees. He says, you are wrong. This is verse Matthew twenty two twenty nine. You are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. So contrary to popular belief, the Pharisees were not one who knew a lot of scripture, but were those who didn't know scripture or the power of God. And I think that is very, very, very interesting. I think that's very, very important because what we are seeing here is that Jesus views scripture as the word of God. And if, the, if scripture is the God-breathed word of God, we as Christians must accept that it is the final authority it is the final authority of what the word of God taught. You see this in John 16. You see this in John 17. Um, and I think this is very, very, very important that we understand this. Um, and, and, and Jesus, um, and I think Jesus is the finished, uh, I think the scripture is the finished word of God. I think the canon is closed. But look at what Jesus said in his prayer. Um, look what he said. Uh, I still have many things to say to you, but you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak to you on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, 
and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And he will glorify me. That's a function of the Holy Spirit is to glorify a God, not man or anything else. He, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you all that the Father has his mind. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus said that he had more to say to his disciples than he had said in his earthly ministry, right? So he also made it clear that after ascending to heaven, he would send down the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. I want you to catch this. Who would take from uh, who would take from Jesus and give to the disciples so that they could uh, flesh out the completed revelation of God? In other words, the church is built as on the foundation of the teaching of the apostles as Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. In other words, the words that they have passed on through scripture, through what scripture teaches is what the church is meant to be built on. So now we're starting to see, and we know this with teachings like the two builders, that Jesus's word is the foundation, that the, the apostles teaching through the inspiration of the of what uh, the, the spirit has given them to write down as scripture is the foundation. No other thing is the foundation. No other thing, not my interpretation, uh, none of that. And so there is, the Father wants, uh, he's passing on the words, Jesus is passing on the words, and through the Spirit uh, and through the apostles, um, he's teaching us that, hey, this is the word of God, this is what it means. And so I, I think that's very, 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 very important uh, that Jesus uh, would teach um teach that especially in his uh his priestly prayer um he he teaches that scripture is the final authority even in his uh his 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 pre his earthly priestly prayer um and and i love what he says and and i'll just just go over this with you real quick um he he says this that sanctify them in your word for your word is truth so the Father gave Jesus' words, and Jesus spoke from the Father. Uh, the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus and the Father to declare and to the apostles what more needs to be said. And, and so when Jesus is praying in verse 20, look what he says. I do not ask on behalf of these alone. He's talking about his apostles. But for those who believe in me, through their word, talking about the apostles' word, that they may all be one, even as you. So that means one, that unity. So there cannot be unity. There cannot be unity outside of what the word that has been passed down from the Father to the Son, from the Holy Spirit, to the apostles, through the inspiration of Scripture, which is written down, superintended, and preserved by God's sovereign providence. In other words, we have a Bible, brothers and sisters, that is authoritative, that is the word of God, that is sufficient 
for faith, rule, and practice, and worship, and informing the infant, growing the toddler into maturity, uh, and feeding and nourishing us. That's why you need a church that preaches the Bible. You do not need a church that preaches anything else but the Bible. Of course, I don't mean humdrum, dry Bible teaching, but I mean passionate, uh, expository, exegeting the Word of God so that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's very important, brothers and sisters, because he said those who would believe through their word that they, and this is verse 20, 21, that they make that they may all be one, even as you are, Father, are in me and I in you, there it says that they also will be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So in other words, what is the binding unity? What's the what's what's the the binding of unity as Christians? That is the word of God. That is the authority which is passed down uh, from the Father through the inspiration of Scripture. And I know I'm, I'm giving a very vague, um, a very vague description, but I, I do want to, I want you to understand that uh, the pastor is not the final authority. Uh, scripture is. Not my, not my own interpretations of scripture is the affine authority in fact uh scripture is authoritative over my interpretations and the only way i can know my interpretations are true is by the bible by the bible and brothers and sisters we live in a time where all must be examined through scripture that there is a lot of peddling the word of god adulterating the word of god using it for selfish gain and and to uh develop a lifestyle in which you know is is people are benefit you know beneficial we live in a time where people will not endure sound doctrine but wanting their ears itch they will accumulate teachers according to their own desires sinful desires so brothers and sisters i just want to encourage you the word of god you have at your disposal that bible you own is a blessing people have died to put that in your hands and i want you to pick it up and read it and know that your that that it is the final authority in your life and so get to know it understand it grow in the grace and knowledge of understanding uh, of what the word of god teaches um and, and understand that the word of god is the final authority it is and will knowing that knowing that hiding under the authority of scripture camping under the authority of scripture will be such a safe haven will be a strong tower will be the shelter of the most high for you in times of trouble and will be such um ed, it would be so edificial for you when you understand this that it will begin to uh build you up and that is the purpose brothers and sisters we want you to be edified we want you to grow uh in your love for jesus christ and in that you will grow in the love for one another and your brother and sisters in christ for the body of christ and you will grow into maturity and you will be able to be more effective and adequate uh equipped for every good work uh, a worker not in need to be ashamed but 
accurately handling the word of God in whatever ministry you are, whether that be a mother, whether that be a brother, a sister, a, uh, an evangelist, a pastor, an elder, a children's church worker, a greeter, an usher, a deacon. Hey, whatever it is, or you're just a, a, an accountability partner for a brother in Christ, uh, you know, whatever it is, the word of God will equip you richly. And it will give peace in your heart when you treasure it. Just like David said, he treasured it in his heart. And so I just want to thank you for joining. I want you to keep posted. Um, this is a new podcast. And so I don't know exactly when and how I'll be dropping this, what days of the week and what times. Uh, but I want to keep you posted. I want you to grow in that grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I want you to uh, grow. So uh, I would ask for your support and your prayers in this. This is a community thing this is for you uh this is for uh my brothers and sisters so i just want you to listen uh feel free to criticize give me some uh your thoughts your opinions on this uh correct me if i'm wrong on a biblical issue uh, i invite correction um I love correction and challenge me on different areas, however, but we do it all in the spirit of love and unity uh, and, and, and for the, the glorification of Jesus Christ who is on the throne. And so I just want to thank you for listening. You have a blessed day. God bless.